and out of blue here once again with with michael darling as always and michael darling this is a very special episode yes uh because a funny thing happened to us we recorded a wonderful episode that was just delightful had references to herman cain and the crocodile hunter uh but Unfortunately, there was a technical snafu, which caused us to lose the audio from our guest, who was a great guest who we will have on pretty soon in the future, I would hope. Uh, but that means we're going to do a very special episode tonight. We're calling <laughs> Raiders of the Lost episode. And to begin this... Uh, Crossfaders of the Lost episode, maybe? I think Crossfaders of the Lost episode, because uh, to begin this episode, I have taken what is for me a high amount of edibles... Uh, Mr. Darling, you have been imbibing. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the brown liquor. Uh, I'm drinking a St. George whiskey. I'm blanking on the distiller, but it is a Japanese-style whiskey that has a wonderful bottle where it has kind of a samurai but holding the uh, shield of St. George with the red and white cross on it and standing on top of a dragon. I will have to look up who makes this whiskey. You know, with such a holy imagery, I would be remiss if I didn't give Meg a shout-out. Shout-out to Meg, uh, who just texted me asking, why must you lead my beloved down this immoral path? <laughs> um, and uh, my and answer to fittingly, her is because it's what the listeners want. <laughs> it's true. Fittingly, Meg provided this whiskey because she got it through uh, Silicon Valley. So nice. this is Oh, and she has just brought it in. Thank you, my beloved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the Baller Single Malt Whiskey, distilled from Barley Malt Mash by St. George Spirits. 47% alcohol by volume. Alright, so what we're going to do for this episode, this will be a short one, folks. Uh, we we hope. have imbibed our substances of choice uh, responsibly. Of course, we're both home and uh, safe. Neither of us has driven to a location to record this episode. Um, because we have nowhere to fucking go in quarantine time. Exactly. Stay the fuck home. Um, but that being said, uh, one of us is going to be responsible for doing the retelling of the episode while another one of us guides them with the notes that we used to, to prepare the episode. Um, so you're going to get a very truncated uh, Pokemon episode that is going to be uh, masterfully retold by one of us. Um, <laughs> we have decided to determine who will tell the episode based on the role of a D20 die. Um, so Mr. And Darling. Then, yeah, so uh, if, it's if it's 10 or under, I will be retelling it. And if it's 11 or more, Baloo will be retelling it. Uh, whoever, I guess, loses the toss, I guess you could say will be the one who has to look at the notes and try to make sure we get everything important along the way. Yeah. Uh, I do have one breaking news item that I need to share. Mm -hmm. uh, we are recording on August 7th, and the Libertarian candidate for president was bitten by a bat and is currently uh, seeking treatment for rabies, you know, as you do. Uh, but the important thing I have to share is that her vice presidential nominee is Jeremy, quote-unquote, Spike Cohen, who is apparently a brony. So that's important news. Uh, thoughts and prayers to our libertarian candidate for president. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mr. Darling, are you ready for this roll? Yeah. All right. And I need no you to show me the number just so I know that this is legit. And with no advantage, I roll a 15. Okay. Uh, which means that I will be the reteller. You are going to be the moderator. Uh, the moderator. <laughs> You're my Charlie okay. Rose, baby. Um, can we pick someone who's not a sex pest? Okay, no, sorry about that. I didn't realize that Charlie Rose was. Oh, yeah, no, he was one of the big ticket ones. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, right. he was... Jesus Christ, I can't believe we're talking about this, but he 
infamously word got out that he was seeking to do a show about people who are men all men of course uh who had been exposed because of the me too movement yeah i know right like he was pitching this to some network or something yeah no fuck that guy um okay so i'm ready to go when you are uh since you when you uh when you have the notes up and ready i mean i'm All gonna right. be completely honest i can barely remember which pokemon we talked about yeah uh so the pokemon this week are delibird mantine scarmony or mantine we had debate about that mm-hmm. uh houndour and houndoom and kingdra but first i believe we have to play a little game of mon men and since i've already heard mon men what we're gonna do this week is I'm going to try to remember which Pokemon it was, mm-hmm. based on my foggy memory of the recording session last weekend. Okay. Uh, and Baloo will then play the audio. So do you have the audio ready on your end? Um, I can, but let's start off with you telling me which yeah. Pokemon do you think it was. Okay. Uh, I want to say it was Houndour. Okay, yeah, I actually went for the super, super obvious choice, um, which was uh, Houndour, um, because, you know, I had to because it's the Cordy episode, basically. Uh, (laughs) So, just so listeners get the benefit always of my mother giving her description. This Pokemon looks like a sled dog. I will name it Nero. And yeah, I remember that sparked a whole thing. So I guess this is me launching into my retelling. That sparked a whole thing about like us talking about the Emperor Nero a bit. Um, because she <laughs> named it Nero, and she says it looks like a sled dog. So, I mean, if there has ever been an obvious Mon Mom, she knew it was going to be obvious. Cause I, and I straight up told her, like, yeah, I have to do this one because it looks like Cordy. Yeah. Do you tell her don't say it's a dog? Um... No, I didn't bother with that. I was like, they're going to be able to guess it, just because of how different the Pokemon are this week. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so if you want to cue me up for the first one, it's Delibird first? Yeah, Delibird uh, is an ice-slash-flying type originally exclusive to Silver. So, all right, let's go, Baloo. Okay, um, so we had some discussion about the fact that it's, like, based on a penguin. It is very much... It's much more inspired by Santa Claus than I realized. Um but the main thrust of what I remember talking about, like there's a beta version to the design that Yes. Like I feel looks... like I need a I need like a little dinger to say when you've got a correct answer here. <laughs> if you just put up a finger, I'll like pause or like you can have like a catchphrase. Do you want a catchphrase for it? <laughs> catchphrase. <laughs> Who wants like, to well... see me smack some dingers? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we just dub in the Austin Towers. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh man, don't tempt me. All right, really? so um, so Deli Bird, the beta version. So the so the the Santa Bird uh, used to look more Santa-ish, but the final design was toned down for that. Um, I think so. What I mainly remember, we I think we had a we had a pretty healthy discussion about this one. But what I mainly remember was the body horror thing that I created with the fact that we oh yes that we learned that the tail is actually the sack that you see it carrying. Like, that isn't a sack. It's its tail. And it's hollow somehow. So I started speculating, like, wait, 
most animals with tails have bones in them. So if this tail is hollow, like, does it have, like, fingers that it can, like, close its hollow tail around things? Because uh. it's like an albatross type of thing. And then um, I also speculated, well, because the idea of, like, claw tail being able to clamp shut like a Venus flytrap around you is terrifying enough. I had to up the gross factor by saying, well, what if it's just, like, membranous, like, foreskin-like tissue that's just, oh, like, loose? Oh, God. Why... This is somehow worse when I've been drinking. It's worse <laughs> than when I was sober. At least sober I could not focus on it. Yay! <laughs> oh, man. This is... A... I never I... realized how different our energies are. Like, I mean, obviously, like, being on edibles versus being drunk. But, like, yeah, we both go in such different energetic directions when this happens. So wait. I've told what I've been drinking. What did you consume in terms of edibles? Um, so I took like I took these gummies, black cherry gummies that I have. Um, I keep them around the house for like the rare occasion that I have a free night <laughs> when I can afford to zone out, or when I come up with a podcast premise that allows me to take them. <laughs> so I've got the phrase "around the house." I just feel like you've hidden gummies around the house so that you, you know, it's a little treasure hunt you go on. Oh, man, that, uh, so I finally saw Mandy last week, and that made me think of the uh, Nicolas Cage scene where, stricken with grief, he goes into his bathroom, shout out to Nicolas Cage for doing this in Tidy Whitey's, by the way, and nice. goes and, like, digs a, uh, a bottle of vodka out of the laundry hamper, <laughs> and just starts, like, grief-chugging vodka straight from the bottle on the toilet, one of Cage's <laughs> best acting moments. Oh, that's oh, good. Man. That's I respect that. I respect that. I love that I love that Cage is like fully committed to accepting weird ass roles and I think it was you that said that Tony Collette sent that tweet. Oh, well this was I sent a tweet. Yeah, there was Yeah. Tony Collette is Nick Cage if he could access all of his powers. Yeah, or there we go. Control all of his powers. Something like that effect. Okay, so because I'm clearly high enough that I'm going to take us down a billion tangents, I can't remember anything else that we discussed about Delibird. Yeah, I really uh, can't. I feel like we discussed there was some... We talked about, like, typing and its usefulness yeah. as, like, an ice-flying type? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's not that useful. Yeah, the like, lack thereof. Yeah, because uh, it only learns one move naturally, which is present, which is a move that is custom for it. It's exclusive. It's a, you know, um, a signature move is the term. Oh, wait, get uh, your catchphrase so ready. Get your catchphrase ready. I remember I also talked about it's so useless that you could make, like, a freaks and geek squad with it. With just, like, the most useless Pokemon. So, like, this yeah, guy, baby. Yanma, and uh, and Mr. Mime. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Ramona talking... that oh, suggested God. the Mr. Mime edition. Yeah, I think, like, Delibird and Mr. Mime were the two that we had locked in because they're definitely freaks. And I said Sock and Throw because those two are, like, my two least favorite Pokemon designs. Because they are basically, like, Bert and Ernie wearing... Uh, oh, what is the term for, I want to say judokan, but I don't think that's the right term. It's like judo, judoka? Judokai, I don't know, actually. Uh, yeah, well, it's a judo uniform. Oh, those are just geese. Geese? No, I thought Yeah. I thought judo had a special Oh, I don't know if term, they have like a slightly gi. different one. But yeah, I thought gi was just judo a general uniform. term. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that's, I think uh, that covers most of what we said about Delibird, Bird. And then uh, next was... Judogi. Uh, Judogi oh, is the okay, term. there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar to a karategi, which is the karate uniform. Uh, yeah, so present, I just want to come up with a couple things here from the notes. Present 
Uh, it's a move that can either do a decent amount of damage or heal a quarter of your target's health. So, like, I like that as a gag because it's very Santa Claus, but also, <laughs> although it's like Santa Claus if he primarily abused you and then had a chance of giving you a gift. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, like, it's not something I'd ever want to use in battle. That said, in, I guess, silver version, because I had gold and silver because I saved my allowance for these games back in 2000. Um, I had Delibird on my team as basically my flying Pokemon so that I could fly around the map. Mm. Uh, so I must have added stuff to him. I don't know if uh, Delibird was... In my mind, Delibird was on my gold team, but that doesn't make sense because it was silver exclusive. So, I don't know. Uh, you're but, just having, yeah. I think you're having a Mandela effect moment. I mean, I could have just traded it over to gold for all I know. No, I like the That's... Mandela effect theory. <laughs> this is this uh, is your this is your Sinbad genie movie moment. <laughs> Shaz- no, Kazam. Wait, Shazam was the oh, that's so yeah. It's weird because Kazam was the Shaq genie movie. Shazam is the Captain Marvel DC's Captain Marvel that is, which is to say he's now called Shazam because that's what he says. Uh, and oh, yeah, is that worth seeing I, the uh, the Zach? Is it Zach Levy? Is it yeah, it? it's it's fun, but there's some stuff that's like really tonally off. Like mm. it's got a very Amblin feel, but then there's stuff that is incredibly like. Uh, at one point, Doctor Savannah summons the Seven Deadly Sins to just massacre a boardroom of people, which is just so off tone with the rest of kind of like kid friendly superhero mm. movie that it is. It's very weird. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, just I just want to share this anecdote, which is that when Shazam came out last spring, at the same time as Marvel's Captain Marvel, uh, I told Meg how there are two Captain Marvel movies coming out because Shazam, the DC comic superhero, mm-hmm. used to be called Captain Marvel and was the original Captain Marvel before mm-hmm. Marvel Comics made their own Captain Marvel. And, yeah, I have not seen her that annoyed with me. No, I was about to ask, did Meg give you one of her classic Meg hugs and in her very Meg way say, I still love you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the reaction was, why did you put that in my brain? (laughs) Oh, man, shout out to Meg. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, one other fun Captain Marvel fact while we're at this. Uh, Elvis Presley, this is true, based his late career costumes on that of captain marvel jr so if you look at a late period elvis he's got like that tcb lightning bolt uh necklace he's got like a little half cape on his jumpsuit Hmm. this is all true um uh let's see one other thing about delibird uh i'm looking at the notes and having trouble focusing uh oh yes real locations on pokemon earth because we love this shit oh yeah Uh, so, in the Ruby and Sapphire Pokedex entry, they mentioned that an explorer once made it to the top of Mount Everest because Delibird shared food with them. Which is just funny to me because it implies that on Pokemon Earth, getting to Mount Everest is so hard that you need a Delibird to share food with you. Mm-hmm. Even though there was that there article is... recently about yeah. how it's so easy to get to the top of Mount Everest these days compared to how it used to be, that, like, there are literally lines of people waiting to take their selfies at the top on any given day. Yeah, that really sucks. Yeah. All right, so on to the next Pokemon. Oh, uh, and the shiny note, shiny Delibird is a royal purple, and it looks pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Okay, yeah. 
pretty, pretty good. Uh, there you go. It t- this is what All it right. takes to get me to do a Larry David on the episode. <laughs> Round two, Mantine. Uh, a fly- water slash flying Pokemon, which means it's double weak to electric. Ouch. Uh, and it's originally exclusive to gold. We've got a lot of flying types that are version exclusive this week. Yeah, so one thing I remember about this guy is that for some reason in the lore, it says that it hates, like, Dragonites, I think. And so... Uh, no, that's Kingdra, but... Oh, okay, there we go. We'll give you half a point because... Well, we'll give you no point because you got the right answer, but for the wrong category. Dang. Um, all right, so this guy... I think we talked about oh, just Oh, behave. Like, yeah, baby. <laughs> I think I remember we we like the design overall, but it's just like really boring. I don't think we spent yeah. too long on this one. I did like the fact that its mouth looks like it's like filled with marshmallows. Like it's got this very poofy mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they didn't like, but we did bring up Steve Irwin. And yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, baby. And like shout out to Steve Irwin. And, you know, I said that my man still has shooters out here for him because I ro- I, I rep St- Steve Irwin not till he dies, till I die because man's a legend. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about I don't remember too much about this one. Well, um, uh, you brought up Steve Irwin and I brought up one of my favorite like stupid music videos, mm-hmm. which is that for the Crocodile Hunter movie, uh, which I'm not going to bother looking up the title of that. The Baja Men uh, recorded... Wait, The Baja Men? No, wait, what is... It was The Baja yeah, Men. It... Yeah, The Baja Men. We were talking about The Baja Men and something they recorded. Uh, oh, it's with an H. I, I was looking up Baja, like Baja California, Baja California. but it's Baja, B-A-H-A. Uh, the Baja Men recorded a version of Crocodile Rock, the uh, Elden John song, but with lyrics about the Crocodile Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we will have in the show notes because it is very stupid. Yeah, uh, I. Speaking of Baja, I really hope that Baja Fresh managed to get one of those small business loans so that they don't go under during all this. Despite the shutdown. fact that they're a multi-state corporation. Oh, they're multi-state. I thought they were just in California. I thought they were like a I'm relatively sure small they're... chain. I'd never seen them sure before I came not. out here. I mean, maybe it's a Western thing. Maybe. Or yeah, maybe it's like a well, no, Carl's Jr. is cross country too. It's just known. Yeah, because uh, they're also Hardee's. Yeah, it's just known as Hardee's on the East Coast, which is very strange. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, the Baja Men did a crocodile, a crocodile hunter-themed version of the Elton John song "Crocodile Rock," and the music video is great because uh, Steve Irwin is at in it at the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm just pulling up the YouTube video so I can quote this as it plays. One sec. Okay. When it comes to movies, the Crocodile Hunter collision course, Crocs rule. When it comes to music, the Baja men rock. Woohoo. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so that's incredible. I will send it to Baloo so we can put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, because... it'll either be in the show notes or it'll be the outro music. I can't... I. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember what I wanted for outro music for this last one, but um, but okay. Both one, no same, both. But yeah, I think we t- didn't we talk about the fact that Mantine, even though it's a flying type, can't learn fly. Yeah, which okay. sucks because I was gonna use it in my Heart Gold team as uh like basically the HM Pokemon. I would use it for the three Water HMs plus the uh fly hm but then it didn't learn fly so it was like well man time you are staying in box go mm-hmm. away you have failed me yeah and then we had so the whole thing with the name and the fact that we 
so we settled on Mantine because that because Ramona pointed out to us that that is anime canon in terms of how they pronounce it in the show. Yes. Um, but I said that I thought it had to be Mantine because of the play on Marine. Yeah, um, exactly. But then I later corrected and said, well, maybe it's something like Maritime, like a play on Maritime. Like, yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, I didn't. Uh, didn't Michael Bluth have a whole thing in Arrested Development that he wanted to be like a, a practitioner of Maritime law? Or something like that? Yes. Uh, the thing with... Um, he was Cherith Cute Story was his uh, alias when he met Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character. Oh, and yeah. And there's the flashback to the the trial of Captain Hook, which was the uh, school play where he plays a uh, marine lawyer. Yes. Or You're a lawyer. crook, Captain, Captain Hook. Hook. Judge, won't oh, you please throw, you throw the, the book <laughs> at the pirate? <laughs> Oh man, that show! It started so. It its first three seasons are legendary. I don't know why they tried to change up so much with like the tone and like cutting of the fourth season. But I like season four's uh, format. I think it was something that could only work in a Netflix model, and I think it was yeah. daring for what they did. It was daring. I didn't watch season five because I just heard it was not worth anyone's time. I mean, my whole thing with season four though is that they made even michael bluth a completely irredeemable ass but like you kind of needed michael to remain that kind of core of the family like he had been mm. in the first three seasons where even mm. if he was just as terrible and selfish as the rest of them he was at least still trying to be the good guy so you had like a sort of compass to navigate the family's absurdity with but like in season four where he just becomes a total skeeve like top yeah, to bottom like the whole the whole season felt very aimless um mm. So it just ended up playing out. It was like more of a uh, meet cute type of thing. Like, oh, hmm. look how like kind of like Jackie Brown, um, like the whole, oh, let's watch this scene now from this person's perspective. See, I like that. Like one of my favorite comic series is Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Victory, where it's seven four issue miniseries focused on seven disparate characters who are all playing into this main story. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, did the I way, miss on anything Fresh, on Man Mantine? Oh well, important Baja Fresh news. There are locations as far east as Jersey, oh, but wow. none in New York State. So, huh? Yeah, that might be yeah. why I missed them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I also miss White Castle. But anyway, so what Pokemon did we talk about next? <laughs> uh, oh, just to know about Mantine. Uh, so one cool thing about it is that people in Alola surf on them. And there was a fun Surf on the Low on Mantine's Back minigame in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And um, Shiny's pretty boring. It's just bluer, like universally bluer across its body. Yeah, and I also uh, made so, the comment that it was so close to the original that like, unless you caught the graphic of the little shiny thing, you probably wouldn't even realize you had a shiny. Yeah, it's not the worst shiny, but it is like not the most exciting. Uh, okay, round three was Skarmory. Uh, I had to pause there because in my head, when my baby brain imprinted it as Skarmony way back in 2000, and it has been stuck like that forever, so Skarmory, like Sky Armory, because it is a steel-slash-flying type, and originally exclusive to the silver version. Yep. And I thought this guy was a badass. I did comment about the fact that they tend to make every Pokemon very paunchy. And this one's no yeah. exception. You shared some pictures of it in the cards. 
yes. I think, and yeah. how in some ver in some depictions it looks very regal, in some it looks very goofy, and then in others yeah. it looks like terrifying. Yeah, because how okay, how tall do you think this is? Um, do you remember the height? The height I think is like five feet, isn't it? Five foot seven. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. It was like legendary bird sized. So, yeah, it's a terrifying, like, thing that it, like, has these razor-sharp wings that it can, like, slice you with. Mm -hmm. um, but it just felt yeah. like it... Oh, yeah, so this was the Pokemon that we complained most about its isolation, too. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I just want to throw out, because you mentioned legendary bird size. Uh, so, Articuno, 5'7", just like Skarmory. Zapdos, 5'2", sorry, 5'3", and good old Moltres is six foot seven. So yeah, like this is as tall as one of the legendary birds and then taller than another one of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Ramona wasn't a huge fan of it. We also talked about the mechanics that like it's located in Kanto, I think, even though it's one of the, another one of the new typings, right? Uh, okay, it's silver exclusive. I'm looking at the notes. I think, oh, no, no, uh, Houndour is Kanto exclusive. Oh, yeah, this that's one's right. limited ability is that, or availability rather, is that it's only in silver mm. and then you could only get it in one area and you had 5% odds of finding it. Yeah, which was So like... I was, yeah, I mentioned how Game Freak really didn't want you to get a steel Pokemon in Gen 2 because like two of them you need to trade evolve for. One you could only get by headbutting trees for its pre-evolved form and then Skarmory was there, yeah, there I go, there I go. Well, I know, Scarbury, I got it right this time. Yeah, and but I mean, in the I notes, like... ironically, in the notes, ironically, I wrote Scarmony. <laughs> well, perfect. Uh, yeah, uh, drink whenever I say Scarmony. Uh, yeah, Scarmory was a version exclusive with only 5% odds of finding it in this one area. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I think, yeah, we didn't talk, I mean, you know, I feel like everybody's pretty lukewarm on the steel typing. Like, well, you kind of like them. Yeah. Um, you know, I just thought it was a little bit of an underwhelming thing that, like, it's the second generation, they added these two new types, and we're still being, like, inundated with water types. Uh. So, I think, like, you know, skip the Mantine and all that, and, like, give us another evolution to Skarmory or whatever. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I think we moved on from Skarmory yeah. well, pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I was talking about how... Skarmory really has been done dirty, like I like we already said, but uh, in Sword and Shield, it wasn't initially included in that game, and it was only added in the Isle of Armor expansion DLC. Hmm. It was pretty much replaced by this other flying steel Pokemon, uh, Corviknight, and its Sword Pokedex entry, uh, Skarmory's new Sword Pokedex entry, mentions that uh, they frequently clash with Corviknights, because yeah, like, Corviknight stole its whole shtick. Hmm. It's Krusty stealing Steve Allen's uh, prank call routine. Which, like, yeah, uh, I love it when we hear learn about Pokemon rivalries from the actual biosphere. Yeah. Um, also, Skarmory's shiny is very military. It's kind of an olive drab with green wings. So, yeah. Or green feathers, rather. It's cool. I, I like Skarmory. So, I it, just my... it just looks like Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> I think my problem, I mentioned this on the last episodes, my problem with the steel type is that it should really be the metal type because they use, some of the moves have like iron and uh, other things like that 
in their names, not steel. Like, make it metal type. I don't know why they went with the alloy rather than just the general category. Same. So, yes. yeah, so next Pokemon after that was it was our Dog Boys next, right? Yeah, here we go. Cordy time. Yeah, so we talked about Cordy a bit because yeah. Cordy. Uh, um, I'll give the note. It's Houndour and Houndoom who are Dark Slash Fire, which is a new type combo. Yeah, and so this was the Pokemon whose isolation in the game, like the fact that it's in Kanto, so you're only getting it in technically, like, the endgame epilogue section. Yeah, baby. Um, and, you know, it's not that useful because of that. And it was just like, I wanted my Dark Dog. Like, why didn't yeah. you give me my Dark Dog up front? Yeah, um, Hellhound is such a great concept for a Pokemon, and they really did nail it in the, in the design, I think. Yeah, we loved the designs, even like, and even, here's the thing, is that I was all, I was surprised we were all on the same page about this. I thought I was going to be the only one coming out on this uh, with the Mega Evolution for Houndoom, uh, which is just like covered in this bone armor and just looks like it belongs in He-Man next to uh, <laughs> Skeletor. And I was going to say an Iron Maiden cover. Yeah, and he, but like, we're all fans. We dig yeah. it. It's a Hellhound. It should look like that. Um, yeah, it goes full Satan. Yeah, and this was and this was one of those Pokemon that like I don't know they didn't they didn't like skimp on making it look terrifying like they you know like I said with Skarmory being paunchy and I brought up Charizard and all that <laughs> like yeah. anytime they have a really cool Pokemon like Dragonite for example looks like Puff the Magic Dragon straight up um, <laughs> yeah or it looks like my father's dragon actually it's just like one hundred percent a plagiarism of that um, anyway. Um, you know, they actually didn't skimp on making the hounds uh, actually look like very uh, terrifying hellhounds. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was able to do is because I have Cordy as a point of reference, like Cordy <laughs> is an English shepherd. She's about 45 pounds. You know, um, a houndour is literally her size. I think I said that it's a, that its weight was a little off for its height. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, so the houndour stats, two feet. Yeah, which is literally uh, Cordy's height. Twenty three pounds. Twenty three point eight pounds. Yeah, so there's a so this dog and it's a stocky looking dog and Cordy is like fluffy, but you know she definitely looks sleeker than I suppose a Houndour looks like it's depicted. But um, you know she's forty five pounds at two feet tall. Like that's yeah. an average. That's a pretty reasonable size for a dog of that height. Yeah. So this Houndour is very very lean, um, <laughs> or just very fluffy. Um, well, even Houndoom, uh, Houndoom is four foot seven and seventy-seven pounds. Yeah, and that is an enormous dog, like a four foot seven dog. Like I talked about, like my neighbor's Akita that people think are is a wolf when he walks it, and he and that dog stands at like four feet tall. But like four foot seven means the dog is like I'm six feet tall. The dog is like walking into my chest with its nose. Mm. <laughs> um so which it just sounds amazing for a, a, again a terrifying dark fire hellhound <laughs> um but yeah but yeah they're very good bad dogs yeah i mean we didn't like i don't think the pokemon lore gave us any kind of like background as to what they're used for as far as like the anime lore is concerned yeah i don't know i mean i know like a fun thing i saw is that the houndoom uh, will butt heads to decide who is the head of the pack. And so, like, you can tell which one is because of just how 
uh, how, um, like, sharp, I guess, their horns are. Like, that's a cool little natural thing. But, yeah, like, I don't know, I'm not really... I don't know how you would use these in real life, but we'll get to that in Mon. Yeah, Mon's world. world. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we love the dogs, and then from the dogs, I think we moved on to Kingdra. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Just my couple of notes about Hound Doom, Hound Dower, or Hound Dower, Hound Doom. Uh, just like they have a kind of midnight blue shiny, which is cool. Like I like that. Uh, we're about to get in Kingdra one of my least favorite shiny combinations, which is going from blue to purple. So I'd like mm -hmm. we have kind of this black to blue. Um, yeah. yeah, like I like Hound Hour. It managed to, Hound Hour managed to perfectly balance kind of cute and scary. And then Hound Doom goes scary-er, but still, you know, affable. Yeah, did I bring up Mega the fact Hound that Doom like the one unfortunate, terrifying. the one unfortunate thing about the shiny is that it does make it feel very police dog. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So I was so like that just felt really unfortunate. Um, all things like considering the alternative possibilities. I mean, it's a dark side type, so that feels right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, but I want to like this Pokemon, <laughs> is what I mean. Um, <laughs> hey, Ahab! All Hound Dooms are bastards. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kingdra, we talked a whole lot of shit about. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, we did not like Kingdra. Yeah, Water Dragon type evolves from Seedra when traded with the Dragon Scale item. Yeah, I mean, so we talked about the scarcity of Dragon types, so that making it kind of a weird type to try to ever make any practical use out of. But, like... Yeah, because this is only our fourth Dragon in the game series so far. Yeah, and of the four that we have, like, only maybe... Like, two of them are serpents, and only the one that do, that is a proper dragon, like, looks like Puff the Magic Dragon. So yeah. because of the lack of dragons, we kind of... We kind of want more than what we've got. And, I mean, they, I mean, you know, we have the whole thing with Gyarados and the fact that it looks like, looks like a dragon, feels like a dragon, but isn't a dragon. Hmm. And so it's just weird that they, yeah, they're answering that paucity or that, like, dearth of dragon types by turning a seahorse into a dragon type. And that's the only one we get. Yeah, like, I mean, it makes sense in a way because it is a sea dragon, uh... But, like, inspired by the real-life animal, the sea dragon, but it's not that exciting as a dragon, I guess you could say. But, I mean, like, uh, a sea a... dragon is already a pretty dis disappointing real-world thing to have the dragon moniker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a image macro, which I'll send your way, and we'll put it in the show notes, which is, uh, it shows these aren't, these aren't dragon types, and so it's got... Charizard, uh, Gyarados, and uh, Lugia, and then these are dragon types, and you see a bunch of Pokemon that, you know, some of them are a bit more reptilian, some of them are not, but they don't at all look like a quote-unquote dragon. There's one that is a bat. There are two that are bats. Yeah, it's... Yeah, what the... I, I, I don't know if it's, like, maybe a cultural thing of, like, what the interpretation of a dragon is culturally, but, like... Mm. But I'm not sure, like... You know, because Gyarados very much resembles, like, you know, Chinese-style, like, floating dragons. Charizard oh, yeah. looks like a very Western, uh, you know, 
Welsh type of dragon on like a coat of mm. arms, um, yeah. right down to the like, flaming I least, tail. I at least get why Charizard isn't dragon because they're like we're gonna make it fire flying. Mm. That makes sense for me at least. Okay, yeah. Gyarados, it's weird to me that they went water uh, flying rather than water dragon because it's not you know heavily winged like Charizard is. Uh, and then when they made the Mega Evolution for Gyarados, it was Water Dark, which, yeah, that makes sense, but come on, give us the dragon we were hoping for. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, the, so the Charizard dilemma ra- makes me wonder if we're ever <laughs> going to get, like, a Tri-type Pokemon. Are we ever going to progress to Ooh. Tri-types? Well, there was... Tri-tips? <laughs> well, there was, what was it, Mega Charizard X? Because, you know, Charizard being the favorite son among the starters... <laughs> in x and y got two different mega evolutions so mega charizard x is a fire dragon whereas y is just still fire flying i think so they were like we're gonna make it a dragon type we will do this now but i think pokemon should have as many types as their evolutionary tier so if you are a second stage pokemon you can have two types so like charmander fire type charmeleon uh fire fighting I guess. And then Charizard, Flying Fire Dragon. Interesting. Like, Interesting. I've cool? never heard that before. That's a cool mod. I like that. Man, there we like go. That. Would you there still allow, like, single stage? What about Pokemon that don't evolve into anything? Would yeah, you so give single, them... stage, single stage stays boring. Because most of the time, what we want from especially good Pokemon is, like, another evolutionary stage. So, yeah, yeah if a Pokemon's already interesting enough to have a first stage, like, and you want to make it more interesting create an evolution for it make it a dual type i mean most pokemon evolve yeah well I mean, you get something majority. like heracross who is a very good boy he's uh, a very good boy a couple episodes ago and that doesn't have a proper evolution it's got a mega but it doesn't have an ev- a regular true. evolution that's and it's, true it's a great pokemon it doesn't need anything more it's perfect as is yeah okay fair yeah. enough there's some yeah. exceptions to my rule and that's then. that one's dual so um but yeah kingdra uh yeah. This is the guy who jumps about... out of the water and tries to fight Dragonite, and we respect an aggressive king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it speaks to the fact that I think both in the last episode and this re... Uh, you know, what's... Um, filler, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, replacement. We are not spending much time talking about Kingra, but talking about everything around Kingra. But, like, uh, the, thing... the hilarious image, and it's still yeah. so funny to me, of a Dragonite just minding its own business, flying over the water, and then a Kingra just comes leaping out <laughs> of the water just to fuck up its day. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I need to point out that Dragonite is 7-3, Kingra is 5-11. So, like, there are NBA matchups like that sometimes. Yeah, it's like Chris, it's like Chris Paul trying to take on Dwight Howard. <laughs> 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 which uh shout out to chris paul who i saw recently i think it was like earlier this week just straight up like shot over bull ball in his face wow yeah that so it is literally wow. that matchup um wow oh that reminds me one of my favorite christmas gifts i've ever gotten is uh i guess my brother ricky who's been on the show before he ordered something from uh homage which is a clothing company that specializes in both retro sports stuff as well as just like fun uh like deep cut logo sports stuff Mm -hmm. and they always include a vintage trading card in their orders so and it's just like a fun random trading card it's not like you pick out which one 
So he got one that was a Minute Bowl card from back in the day. <laughs> and so I opened up my Christmas gift, which was a very nice copper Moscow Mule mug. And in it was this Minute Bowl card. <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Ricky. Only thing that would have been better if it was a World Be Free card. Oh, man. Superb. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I think... Um... Kingdra, I don't think we talked, I don't think we really had anything else to say about Kingdra. Yeah, uh, the one thing, so here's what I had to comment, which is just that, uh, so it's our fourth dragon, so the lack of having many dragons made for an awkward situation where Claire, the dragon type gin leader's lineup, consisted Mm -hmm. of three dragonairs and a Kingdra, because all of her Pokemon were like in the level 40s, so she couldn't have a Dragonite. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, which was I love Gold and Silver and their remakes, but the problem is that uh, since it's designed such that you will be going to Kanto and that continues the adventure, mm-hmm. you get pretty low level in terms of the main initial story. Oh, yeah. So, like, you're la- the eighth gym leader should not have 40 or level 40 Pokemon. They should have, like, level 50, level 60. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did like yeah, that obviously. Kanto epilogue served as like a where are they now type of oh, like yeah. montage at the end of like Animal House or something. <laughs> yeah, I like, I think that was brilliant because it really did make it feel like this is a true sequel because you're not just exploring the new world, you're exploring mm-hmm. what's happened in the three years since the first game. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if that had been the case, then Johto would have just felt like a reskin otherwise. But the fact that they made it like an expanded world was yeah. the right move. And that was kind of a surprise. Like, there was nothing hinting that you'd be going back to Kanto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then um, eventually finding Red. Oh, yeah. Beating his ass. Yeah, the Red fight is a great moment in the game series. Um, yeah, and the other note is, as I said, obviously based on seahorses, but with some sea dragon elements. And we'll see a more successful sea dragon-inspired line in Gen 7 with Skrelp and Dragalgy, which... And that- look significantly more like sea dragons significantly weirder and yeah just like i like them a lot better than kingdra kingdra's fine kingdra is very there i also Uh, have to note that world be free played in the nba for oh for hmm, 13 seasons not bad not bad i think um so i think they were talking about him on a podcast i was listening to recently i world be free yeah, uh, yeah. No, Kingdra. <laughs> no, God. All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just move on to the closing segments and see what I, I can want to point out. World be free. Wikipedia page does say. See also Metal World Peace. I mean, I just had to. So I was also trying to look up Rayquaza to see what generation Rayquaza's in. Oh yeah, um, that's next season. Yeah, and you know, I, it's kind of surprising to me. Like, I guess I'm glad that we got it sooner than Generation Seven, but I'm am surprised that they waited until Gen Three to make a legendary Pokemon a dragon. Um, but I mean, yeah. when they do, yeah. they do it right. So we'll oh, get God, there eventually. Yeah, um, Ray Ray is intense, and I love him. Yep. All right. So next, we moved into the closing segments. Right? What would we change yes. about the Pokemon? Well, um, here. So I'll. Uh, well, no, I'll say it. We've. <clears throat> excuse me. We know uh, what the Pokemon would be doing in their world. Now it's time to talk about what they'd be doing in ours. This is Mon's world. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my world. That was really good. You, uh, you. you did the line that I do. 
<laughs> I'm impressed you remember it. Um... <laughs> We've only done like two dozen episodes. At, well, more than that. This is what episode eleven three of the dozen season? part. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to do an episode count. We may be uh, sneaking up on a milestone fifty at some point. Um... No, we can't. that's going to be a little bit. I swear, because like if this is episode eleven. No way we did like. Yeah, touche. it's impossible for us to have done thirty episodes in season one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did like 25 or 26 in season oh, one. Okay. So, um, nice anyway. Nice sitcom order, 25 episodes. So anyway, for Mon's World, um, I think I did relinquish that the Hound Hour hound doom combo would be cop dogs. Um, and that Hound-Dower would make a very good pet, but the moment it evolved into a Hound-Doom, like unless you can hit that B button in real life... <laughs> You know, I think Hound Dooms are guarding a lot of junkyards and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, if for my fellow dog owners out there, I don't know, do you ever look at your dog, your little Frenchie, your, even your Golden Retriever, whatever domesticated dog you own, do you ever look at them and just think, man, you would be fucked if you had to survive in the wild? <laughs> like... That's kind of like so. I kind of have that like theory, like that feeling about like Hound Hour and Hound Doom because they're clearly bred dogs. Like dogs come from, you know, the descent of wolves. These are not wolves. They poke, like I don't believe that they're bred. Oh um, yeah. So I don't think they have any survival instinct. <laughs> huh. Well, I mean, if we're talking about designer dogs, uh, I want you to look into Furfru, which is a poodle Pokemon introduced in Gen Seven. Uh, sorry, Gen 6, whose only real quirk is that you can groom them. Oh, man. And turn them into, like, what, seven different forms of, uh... Does that also of... change their typing? No! It doesn't no, do anything it's mechanically, just, it's just... It is purely a cosmetic thing for fun and games, and I guess to show off the fact that we're in 3D now, we can do this. Oh, man. Alright, yeah. yeah. Ten different forms of Furfru. I mean, I dig Furfru, we'll get there someday, yeah. but... You know, I Several don't, years hate, down I don't the line. hate this Pokemon, let me put it that way. I find it hilarious, but also find it incredibly stupid. I really hope when we get there that you dig this up, especially on the day when, like, two years from now, I'm just hating on that Pokemon excessively, <laughs> and you just play this back for me. <laughs> Your response will be, I was loaded. <laughs> Alright, so let's see, in the uh, in the Pokedex, um, so I said, oh, so we, also, so we also kind of agreed that Mantine would be, like, a carnival attraction at like oh, yeah. in Mantine's Car a surfboard. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely ri giving people rides everywhere. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I don't think we really came up with like a good place in the world for Skarmory, except for it belongs in the wild. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'll throw in mine, which is that Mantines would be used for surfing contests, as I hinted at. Um. So according to several Pokedex entries, Skarmory's feathers are used to make knives that are prized by chefs, as well as swords. Hmm. So that means this is our first Pokemon that isn't directly involved in war crimes, but it's definitely been an accessory to them. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. so let's see, I'm trying to remember, so we got, and Delibird, we just couldn't picture that anywhere, but like the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> uh, Ramona said the Delibird would be part of the gig economy. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Delibird okay. right now during the pandemic would be going around delivering your food. Yeah, unfortunately. Ugh, yeah. I would not want my dinner delivered from, like, a bird's membrane foreskin tail. <laughs> um, uh, I just want to pitch this. Death Stranding, but with a Delibird. 
<laughs> the shiver that Blue just made over the webcam is just chef's kiss. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall I move us to the next subject line? Yes, sir. Go ahead and cue it up. All right. Well, now it's time to talk about how we would change these Pokemon. This is Mon So, what's one change to design, gameplay, or typing you'd make to improve one of today's Pokemon, Mr. Baloo? Okay, so I'm trying to remember what you said. It wasn't Kingdra. I like that we've now moved to the point where you're trying to guess what I would think. Yeah, we're playing... Yeah, it's very being John Malkovich right now. I think I made a jo- I do remember making Malkovich? a joke like a long time ago on an episode that my me trying to impersonate myself would just end up sounding like you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that was when I did my impersonation of you, which you said sounded like Dave Chappelle's white guy voice. Which, yeah, I mean, it, you did make it sound like Dave Chappelle's white guy voice. Um, I can't remember which Pokemon you decided to change. Ramona... I feel like she wanted to change Skarmory? And well, make here's it... the thing. In the notes, Ramona did not come up with anything, so mm-hmm. that one's lost to time. Yeah, it is truly the lost episode. What did you change? <laughs> I just like the... So wait, okay, yeah, I'll just say it. Uh, so I said give Skarmory an evolution or mega evolution, and while Houndoom has a good mega evolution, I'd prefer if it went full Cerberus and had a three-headed evolution. Like, I don't normally like the... Let's slap another head on it technique. But I feel like this is the one Pokemon that it makes sense to do that. Oh man, your idea actually sparked, re-sparked the same idea that I now just realized I actually had in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Which is that I want a dual path evolution for a different second stage for Houndour. And I said I wanted go. it to be a fairy type dog. Ooh. Yeah, yeah we were like, what, Hound Cure or something like that? Yeah, I forget what we came up with. I don't think we ever came up with it. Like Hound we ever Dean. settled on a name. Hound Hound Dean, Hound Dean. Like yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, hey. So yeah, I mean, I stuck with my usual thing of like wanting an extra evolution, but I took it. I said rather than just adding a third, I was like, let's make an alternate second. Okay, um, I like that. I like that again. Um, All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think. Uh, but I think since you've been doing the the intros for each section, I guess we have to reverse <laughs> the order on the last one for my favorite oh. section. Yeah, you ready? So yeah, yeah, it's time for your favorite section of the episode. Mon appétit. Maybe you like my personal crack medicine. Surprise! I like this bizarre world episode we're doing. I like that we just yeah. I like that we just cruised into the format. Um, okay. I think Ramona said that she didn't think Skarmory was edible, but... Yeah, that that sounds right. But that there were other issues with, like, all the other Pokemons, I think. And, like, you had all the... You had these great facts about the taste of Penguin being oily and gross. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, I'll just dive into that. From the top here uh so i said that this is one of the few episodes where none of the pokemon seem particularly edible so according to 19th century antarctic explorer adrian victor joseph de garlac uh, who tasted penguin meat he found it edible and quote if it's possible to imagine a piece of beef odiferous codfish and a canvas-backed duck roasted together in a pot with blood and cod liver oil for sauce 
the illustration would be complete. I pulled that from a wonderful Mental Floss article called What 11 Popular Zoo Animals Taste Like, which I feel like I will be coming back to at some point during the pod. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't referred to it before. I know, I right? Do, shout out to Seth Hansen, who taught us what llama meat tastes like. <laughs> oh no, was it alpaca? I can't remember which. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, rays in general aren't great eats. Uh, mantas have toxic gills, so that kind of ruins things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd eat a scarmony. A scarmory. There we go again. Drink. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to eat devil dogs. And I couldn't find any info on how seahorse meat uh taste that wasn't china phobic like the best i could find is that it tastes kind of like pork rind so i guess the best eaten option here is mm. some kingra that's kind of like a pork rind yeah I... i'm not a fan of pork rind so this is not a great episode for my dining yeah i think i combined two because i talked about using a skarmory to cut and cook itself and then also genuinely I said... terrible terrible just, yeah, I, I mean, I speculated. I, specu- I speculated that there had to be some meat in Skarmory underneath its armor. It was just a matter of getting to it. And then the other thing I said was either cooking Skarmory meat or just kind of using the deli bird uh, terrifying foreskin tail um, as like a sous vide bag and cooking deli bird seasoned deli bird meat in like a good wet marinade sous vide in the tail and then getting that like oiliness and all that flavor to kind of like work within itself in a sous vide Thanks, fashion. Thanks, I hate it. And I think that's what I settled on. I do remember the tail being the sous vide thing. Yeah. This is I remember that now. I years of therapy to forget that. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that brings us to a close of a surprisingly lucid uh, substance enabled episode of Mon Men. Sure, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. I have been Michael Darling. And I have been Yonato Baloo. Thank you for joining us on Bizarro Mon Men. We'll be back next time with a more, you know, a longer episode with a guest to be determined. All right. Hello, Superman. Hello. (laughs) 